0: We are still on alert for our friend Matt Judon, but joining us now on the Harbor One hotline. So, we got a lot to talk about with our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. He's brought to us by. Dr. Matthew and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. To the Harbor One Hotline with Gresham Keefe, we welcome in Tommy Curran. Tommy, good morning. What's up, guys? Hello. So now afternoon. Yes. we've already hit the uh, yeah, passed over. We've uh, hit the noon hour. Let's start with one of the things that a lot of people, Tommy, have talked about this week, and that is defensive players on other teams calling out some of the Patriots' offensive plays. We asked Hunter Henry about it in our, in our first hour. We've heard Mac Jones talk about it. What do you make? What you do about nothing? Something that needs to be discussed. Where do you come down on this?
1: I think that it is probably, no, I think it's much ado about something. I don't think that it is generally as, you know, it's not as rare as we all initially thought. I thought that Bill's admission that, yeah, it's been happening, happened the last game too, was pretty eye-opening. To me, the biggest admission and acknowledgement is that this is a team that had defenses that didn't know whether to poop or go blind for 20 years. They couldn't suss out what the Patriots were going to do on either side of the ball. Bill's upbringing as a young man in Annapolis, growing up around the Naval Academy, treasuring secrecy, all the Sun Tzu stuff. Nowhere does Sun Tzu say it's a great idea if your enemy knows exactly what you're about to do. (laughs) So to me, him acknowledging that shows just how far the bar has been lowered for this Patriots team. That would be anathema, to Bill Belichick in the past. Now he's saying, yeah, they sniffed a few about.
2: That's nuts. Anybody on offense besides Ramondre Stevenson having a really good year in your mind? Nope. Yeah. No. yeah. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Just Ramondre. That's it. And to me,
1: that's one of the interesting <laughs> subplots for the final eight games is you're chasing a playoff spot. You need at least at least four wins to get there. You have a very difficult schedule. But at the same time, you still have to try and figure out what you're going to be, how you're going to be, and what you're going to look like in 2023. So are these auditions for Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? Are they keeping the seat warm for somebody else? And how do you you know, unlock Johnny Smith, which is something Phil Perry and I were discussing? How do you unlock a guy? Who has a $17 million cap hit next year and $19 million in dead money if you let him go? So, this team has parallel goals over the last eight weeks. You know, Gresh? I mean, you got to do both. Try
0: and chase that playoff slot, but figure out what in God's name you have still. Hey, did we all just whiff on the fact that a part of the reason Matt Patricia supposedly was going to be the OC? was because he was the guy that was going to unlock the tight ends. Or did that just become a narrative that was out there that maybe was never really to come true to begin with? That Matt, I, that Matt was going to be a guy to unlock the tight ends? Yeah, Aiden. that that's part Aiden. of the reason why you change the offense so that these tight ends can supposedly eat because McDaniels was oh, you know sure. about putting a fullback on the field, not the, the tight ends at the same time.
1: No, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't think that, that Matt would have been the tight end whisperer in the same way that maybe Nick Cayley would have been, who's the tight ends coach. Not to say that Matt couldn't figure some stuff out, but I think if you have a tight ends coach who knows what these guys are good at. But you're right in jettisoning your fullback and making Johnnie Smith a more valuable George Kittle type than you were probably pursuing making that huge investment in a player that you were going to extract huge production out of. And they've just, it's beyond a failure so far at that position when they're spending more money on tight ends than any team in the NFL and getting so little from it. But, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I don't think it was Patricia, but the whole, if you're going to change the offense and you have the highest paid tight ends, then you're changing the offense to take the value from those positions that you're spending the money on.
2: One of the things we heard in the preseason was one of the reasons why the Patriots didn't go full court press at Bill O'Brien was because they didn't want an offensive coordinator that was going to have to be replaced in another year. Like if he were to take another job somewhere else. So let's play it out. If the offense looks the same way it has for the first nine games in the next eight games is Matt Patricia still 100% back as the offensive coordinator next year. I
1: would say absolutely not 100% back as the offensive coordinator next year. I think it's pretty obvious that he's had moments, but he's generally miscast through no fault of his own as a play caller and coordinator. Could he get up to speed over the course of time? Yeah, but there's executives who are very familiar with the Patriots who said, look, guys spend their entire careers preparing to be play callers and offensive coordinators. As much as anyone knows, you don't just plop them down in that seat and say, okay, start directing the show. It just doesn't happen. So, And if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm saying to Bill, look, we gave you the latitude to do this. As Jonathan Kraft said a couple of weeks ago, Bill's earned the right to make the decisions on his staff that he wants to. But I still think that the owner has a right to ask his main manager, do you think that was the right thing to do there? Shouldn't we get somebody
0: with a little bit more acumen? Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston here Regression, Keith. Do you think it would be a uh, public embarrassment, let's say, if Bill Belichick took over coaching the offensive line? Well, Because I know Bill has said, if it goes wrong, blame me. Okay, well that means it's up to him to fix it. But would it be egg on the face of Patricia if Bill was like, nope, those are my guys now? No, it
1: wouldn't. I think that it would be an acknowledgement that either Matt has to spend more time with Mac Jones, yes, and the play calling and game planning, and it would be saying, "Look, division of power, we got to do it." I think the, the the larger and perhaps more likely, but I don't would be hit, the larger embarrassment, and the less likely outcome would be Bill taking over play calling duties, and just you know now he's got the menu and he's running things but at this point with the offense, the way it is and a finite amount of time to figure out, look, they're still in August. I've said this before. They're still stuck in August, trying to find out who they want to be and what they even want to run. And it's November 15th. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. So Bill, I think (laughs) stepping in and saying, look, Matt, I'll take the
2: heat here. Let me run the plays. Let me run the offense. Mm -hmm. Now it, the, the NFL season has been so weird where if you just watch the Patriots each week, you're like, yeah, that's not a playoff team. You know, that just isn't, but it is <laughs> like right now. It is like right, <laughs> right. now. They are the seventh yep. seed in the AFC, which is wild. Um, how realistic are their chances when you look ahead? Like you mentioned the tough schedule, which I agree with, but at the same time, Arizona and Las Vegas are so much uh, more winnable today than they were three months ago. They've already beat New York head to head once. Uh, we'll see what the state of Josh Allen's elbow is. You got Cincinnati in there that's been up and down. So on the one hand, there's there's some tough teams and some good records, but you know plenty of winnable games in what's been a weird season. So as we stand here, week ten, like how how realistic do you think their chances are? You can easily make a case that there are four wins hanging out
1: there, which gets you to nine. Five wins, go five and three down the stretch. Yeah, you you could make the case. With Josh McDaniels as a former Patriots coach, how have the Patriots fared against their former coaches? Matt Patricia beat their ass. Mike Vrabel beat their ass. Um, This is back in 2018. (laughs) Um, Brian Flores, McDaniels himself. So we've seen it so often um, that I think that that's a caveat to attach to that game. The other is with Kyler Murray. The only teams that they've been totally overmatched by are teams with dual threat quarterbacks, true dual threat quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. Kyle Murray fits that bill. So those are things that argue in favor of it. I just put out a poll on Twitter. I set the over under the total wins at three and a half. Oh. Three and a half down the stretch. I get 71% saying take take me over, and I have 30% well,
2: yeah, thirty yeah. percent taking me under. Yeah, I'd pro- I'd probably go under. I think three, eight, and nine. I think was my prediction going into the year, so I think I'll stick with that. I think that's probably what, the, what they're going to be. Uh, yeah, because to this point, it's pretty much gone as expected. Except, you know, maybe Chicago. You thought they would win. Uh, they ended up losing that one Like when we were penciling in the win-losses at the beginning we, of the we year. Got,
0: I'm telling you, that Green Bay one, because especially if they don't make the playoffs well, now in, hindsight, in a, now a year where they were down and uh, yeah. Rodgers didn't have a Rodgers-type year. He's still no. good, but, no, yeah.
2: you, know, uh, but uh, you mentioned Josh McDaniels in there. My prediction is he's going to be gone at the end of the season. I know Mark Davis came out and said, no, 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 he's back, which again, those things, though, I, I would, I'd love to know what the hit rate is on owners saying the coach slash manager is back and whether, in fact, they are back. Um, but two and seven, and it's just gone horribly the last three weeks, losing head-to-head to Jeff Saturday and all of that. What do you, what do you think's going on there with McDaniels, and what do you think his future is? It's a
1: puzzling—I think the future for the rest of the year is secure— because of the Ziegler McDaniels combo, you can't really jettison Josh and then leave Dave Ziggler, you know, trying to build a house without his main contractor. So I believe Mark Davis wants to create stability. I think that there's a lot that probably goes back to the way the Raiders closed the twenty twenty one season under Psatya and their devotion to him. And I think there seems to be a, a you know circle of players who are resistant to buying in. I mean, when you hear the way they were non-competitive against the Saints, yeah. I remember watching clips of the game, and then I went on you know the NFL Game Pass and watched so many of the plays. Defensive players were non-competitive, and to lose to the Jaguars to lose. Saturday to lose in a non competitive game. Right. He's got quite a litany of teams that are, that they're not showing up against. So it's it's tenuous as hell. But it seems like there's different factions. Was it Blake Martinez who retired in the middle of the week last week at twenty yes. yep. eight? Yep. Those things are just those are little smoking guns and breadcrumbs of dysfunction. That you either give somebody a year to figure out and blast those guys, you know, new broom sweeps clean. Or you get rid of the coach, and then and like the Derek Carr too. Against.
2: Like, listen, I'm all for being, you know, show your emotions. That's fine. But like, middle of November game, and you're crying in the post game, and you're saying how great Josh is. Like, dude, relax. He knows it's over. It, I mean, they
1: have to go undefeated to get to nine and seven. It's, it's not going to happen. And I thought, I, you know, we always do these predictions as a lark.
0: I had the Niners and Raiders in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G against Josh. Oh, you can still What's hold out for the guys? you still hold out for the Jimmy G piece of that. <laughs> by the way, Tommy, yeah. I'm with you on Frisco. I said yeah, you like once them. they finally uh, went to him, it would uh, it'd be okay. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, thank you, friend. I know you'll All join right. Merloni, Fourier and Mega on Thursday, hey, and we'll talk to you on Sunday.
1: Take care, boys.